The Ewan Grant Podcast, the Limestone Coast Triple M. G'day, it's Ewan. Welcome to the Ewan Grant Podcast and welcome to everyone joining me on the Listener app. Limestone Coasters, this week is your last chance to check out the Ghost Mushrooms at Ghost Mushroom Lane out at Glencoe. I'm going to give you the details on how you can do it. Jade Hill's going to join me from Saipol. Police have been busy. Fuel thefts across the region, drink drivers on the weekend, and a crane that collided with a house. And Limestone Coasters, when it comes to inspirational stories, there is a few stories more inspirational than the one I want to tell you about. John Weeks is visiting the Limestone Coast this week. He's uh, compiled a book of survival and resilience. It's called Living Without Fingerprints, and John is going to join me for a chat soon. Let's get things underway. Let's talk ghost mushrooms. Julian Speed is a chief executive with Forestry SA. He joins me for a chat. Julian, g'day. Hi, Ewan. How are you? Yeah, good. Hey, Julian, you guys have had a cracker of a season, and uh, well, you guys are doing your bit to attract visitors to the Limestone Coast. Yeah, we are. Yep, yeah. we, um, We've run the, the Ghost Mushroom Lane um, visitor facility for uh, five, well five out of the last six years um, now, and it's really it's really gathered its own steam, if you like. We've got plenty of people um, still from the local area um, checking it out. Although we're noticing that most people in the in the local region um, who are interested have have probably been through there uh, by now. We've um, we've racked up I think about a hundred thousand people since the inception of this event now. That's an incredible number. Julian, when somebody came to you originally and said, we've got ghost mushrooms out in the forest and we reckon it might be a tourist attraction, did you ever think you'd get 100,000 people looking at them? Well, I had to check out what a ghost mushroom was at that stage <laughs> because I didn't know what they were talking about. But, um, but look, it very, very quickly grew its grew its own legs, if you like, because um, because it is a, a, a quite unique um, experience. These things are... Um, are native this particular species and also fairly well limited um to to the to the local region so that little spot near glencoe is probably the best place anywhere to to have a look at this yeah now as the season progresses we've only got a few days to go to uh, head on out to the forest to check out this natural spectacle yeah, that's right. So we'll um, we'll be running. We, we typically run it for for the, the months of May and June. May was a bit of a, a slow start this year. Um, there is plenty to see at the moment, but it will be closing on June the thirtieth on um, um, Thursday. So um, yeah, there are still a few days or a few nights when people can can get out there and check it out before before it all winds up. Julian, how can people uh, be part of the ghost mushroom experience out at the Glencoe Forest? Uh, look, the, the easiest thing to do is to head to our website, um, forestrysa.com.au slash ghost mushrooms. Um, there, there is the, the, um, the website will allow people to either book a, um, uh, a vehicle pass to, to take themselves out there. Um, there's also guided tour tickets available on that via that same link. Um, so if people are comfortable heading out there themselves, then a visitor pass um, will get them um, a self-guided um, visitor site, if you like. Um, but it's pretty easy, and it's only about 16 k's out of Mount Gambier towards Glencoe, and it's obviously in, inside the commercial pine uh, plantation. There is only a couple of days to go if you want to check out the ghost mushrooms out at Glencoe. 100,000 people have checked them out over the last couple of years. Isn't that huge? Julian Speed from Forestry SA joining us for a chat. Now, Limestone Coasters, time to talk about a bloke who has an incredible story about survival and resilience. 
John Weeks joins me for a chat. John, g'day. Yes, good morning. How are you? I'm good. Now, John, from what I understand, A, you have a fascinating story that we're going to learn about across the morning this morning, but um, you started out as a career as a winemaker, working through Australia, Spain, Italy, uh, China, America. What an amazing job. Yeah, it was. I actually spent some time down in the southeast in Coonawarra as well for about four or five years. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it it was a it was I was very lucky with it. And you know, there's a lot of vineyards around the world, and it is one of those careers that gives you the opportunity to travel. Now, John, something took place in 2014, and uh, from here, it's a story that I'm sure a lot of people will want to know about can you tell me what happened to change your life in 2014 yes yeah, so um so it's just over eight years ago and um i was coming back from the barossa valley and i had um i was loading up some things and moving and i had a jerry can of fuel in the car and a phone charger activated a spark which uh ignited with the fumes and the car literally blew up as i was driving along on the highway doing about 100 kilometres an hour. Um, I received burns to about 75% of my body. Uh, I was in hospital for the best part of a year. Um, and so it, it's, since then, it, it's, you know, it, it really was the day before was one life and the day after was another life. And um, it, it's something that I've been uh, working on and towards and, and trying to make these little achievements every day. Uh, and um, I was I was incredibly fortunate with the uh, medical fraternity uh, here in Adelaide, and uh, I, I just happened to be the world's first recipient of a new uh, technology that had been ten years in the making, and um, it, it helped a lot with my recovery towards my skin uh, and that sort of thing. So I talk a lot about that as well. John, obviously, something utterly harrowing has happened to you. Um, did you know that it had happened at the time though? I mean, is, was there a recognition that this is happening as that accident took place? At, at that point in time, uh, no, I didn't. I, I had no idea. It was like I'd been hit by lightning. Um, that was really my first thought, I suppose. It was just like, what has happened? And then, um, I, you know, when I was out of the car, you know, I was on fire and, and clothes were on fire and, uh, you know, I put myself out. I, I went into shock, and a lot of it, a lot of it, I can't remember doing. Um, I was apparently quite coherent and able to talk to people, but I can't remember anything. There was no pain during that time, uh, and I was I was put into an ambulance, and then I was put into a coma for a month. So, uh, I, you know, there's there's a lot that is just a bit of a void from when it happened to when I woke up. And John, obviously, obviously the journey from, from that point to an idea of coming down to the limestone coast and talking to us about the journey that you've had. I mean, when, when do you get to a point where you go, I'm actually okay talking about my story and, and you want to put words down to, to create what is an amazing book, which is called Living Without Fingerprints? It, it sort of started while I was in hospital. Um, there was, when you talk to nurses and, and you talk about other uh, patients and where they've 
headed to. They they always spoke so fondly of people who had gone on and made achievements and, and you know, started a new business or, or, you know, whatever they'd done. They'd move forward in their life. And that was a, you could see that they were uh, very happy and proud of those people. And I wanted to be one of those pe um, people as well. And then it was interesting because you start looking for inspiration um, around the place to sort of help you and you're able to draw from such a wide range of people who have been afflicted by trauma and not just burns but really any trauma and I've, I've met a lot of people who uh, you know have have you know lost lost arms or legs or you know been in, in such a range of traumas and there's a lot of similarities in the tools that you can use to sort of move forward with and that, and that was why I wanted them to put this book together is to sort of um, approach on a wider aspect because the trauma is the starting point and that's where you move forward how you get there is you know it's not irrelevant but it's that is your starting point and that's what you have to deal with John, you're going to come down to the Limestone Coast. You're visiting Mount Gambier. You're visiting Narracourt. From what I understand, you're going to take a trip to Panola as well. You're going to give people the opportunity to to hear what you have to say and to talk about living without fingerprints. Uh, what's the, the takeaway? Because you would have spent an awful lot of time uh, in introspection, presumably. Well, that's right. Um, really, the takeaway is that everybody gets affected by trauma in some way, shape or form at some point in their life. Uh, it, it's almost inevitable. And uh, it, it's just a matter of being able to uh, look and appreciate what you've got um, and work with how what you end up with. They're, they're the most, and look at your starting points, um, your little building bricks, if you like. Um, so, so you know, that that's the thing. It, it's, um, you know, people take away a range of different things, but there's also a, a really good opportunity for people to ask questions. Um, and that is also the other thing I want to try and get people to do is to talk about trauma, how they're feeling, um, because if it's happened to you, you can talk about it. And that, that's the most important step, especially for blokes. They're a little bit harder to get to open up. But, you know, it, it is changing. And, and it's one of the reasons I'm doing a lot of talks around in regional centres, um, because I feel regional centres really need as much sort of discussion as uh, we can possibly get. Would that be one of the best bits uh, or one of the best things that's come out of the journey that you that you have undertaken, John, where you get to to start conversations with people and hear people's stories? Yeah, yeah, it is. And it, it's really satisfying. You see a lot of um, really successful outcomes um, and it's, it's pride what people have achieved and, and that is a, a wonderful thing. There's a, a sort of a bit of an expression where um, you say everybody's got two lives and you only start living your second life when you realise you have one. And that generally happens after the trauma and people sort of really um, move forward and, and give a lot more direction, I think. Mm. John, it is going to be a fascinating week this week. Uh, people are going to get the chance to check you out, to uh, listen to uh, to your journey. Uh, Living Without Fingerprints, you'll be able to get a copy of the book as well. And it is, let me tell you, an amazing read. John, thanks for having a chat to us today. Yeah, thank you very much. Look forward to coming down. Limestone Coasters, time to find out what the police are paying attention to this week in the Limestone Coast. Jade Hill joins me from Saipol. Jade, g'day. 
Good morning, Ewan. How are you? I'm good. Now, Jade, there has to be a story in this. A crane collided with a house last week. What was going on? Yeah, just before midday on Wednesday the 22nd of June, patrols were called to Hanson Street after reports that a crane with a forklift attached collided with a house, causing significant structural damage. The operator of the machinery left the property prior to police arriving. Inquiries identified the driver as a 60-year-old local man who is assisting police. Investigations are continuing into the incident and luckily there were no reports of injuries as a result of the crash. So if anyone has any information regarding the crash or circumstances surrounding the incident, they're urged to contact police or Crime Stoppers on 1800 333 000. Yeah, Jade, one of the other things to talk about at the moment are fuel thefts in the Limestone Coast and I'm not talking about fuel driveways either. No, so we do generally see fuel drive-offs from service stations as an ongoing challenge, but and particularly while fuel costs are high, Ewan, but the Limestone Coast has seen a series of fuel thefts from vehicles within community. Both commercial and private vehicles have been targeted, with offenders interfering with vehicles to gain access to the fuel to siphon it out. Fuel theft is an offence, along with interfering with a motor vehicle. South Australia Police urge all vehicle owners to secure their vehicles to prevent access to fuel caps and utilise lockable fuel caps, and all instances of fuel theft need to be reported to police. If anyone in the community has information regarding offenders of fuel theft or information which may assist the investigations of fuel theft, please call Crime Stoppers on 1800 333 000 or report online at www.crimestoppersa.com.au. Alternatively, if anyone sees someone acting suspicious near vehicles, please call 131 for a police patrol to attend immediately. And uh, do we know how, how prevalent it is in the Limestone Coast at the moment? How worried should we be? Well, it isn't. It is, has been a recent spate, so that's what we are. We're calling community to basically lock their vehicles, be aware of who's around and in the surrounding area, and if they do see someone suspicious, report it to us so we can intervene. Now, Jade, four drink drivers were caught over the course of the weekend as well. Yes, across the weekend in the Limestone Coast, we had four drivers who were over the legal limit of alcohol whilst driving. What is concerning is the messaging is not being adhered to. So one drink driver had children in their vehicle and another driver was involved in a collision. You and we frequently speak about drink and drug driving and that, that being one of the fatal five causes of serious road trauma on South Australian roads. And for the most part, our community do the right thing and take care whilst travelling on our roads and those drivers are to be congratulated. But those who choose to drink and or drug drive cause so much risk to themselves, passengers and other road users and we have seen it time and time again where lives are lost due to poor choices. It really is time drivers took heed and I don't want police to be knocking on the door of loved ones telling them that you're not coming home. Jade, it is always good to catch up to find out what's keeping the police busy in the Limestone Coast. It's a tragedy that we are always talking about drink drivers. Um, Thank you for joining us though and we'll catch up next week. No worries. Stay safe and have a good week. That's it for today's podcast. I'll be back on Friday. For everything Limestone Coast, you can catch up with me live on radio from 6am weekday mornings on the Limestone Coast 963 Triple M.